Are you ready? Live from the Metal Mayhem Studios in Rochester, New York. We are gold. And heard around the world by metalheads just like you. This is Metal Mayhem ROC. Heavy metal music. Your weekly dose of metal music. Interviews, album reviews, news, and more. Want to be part of the show? Send us a message through our website, MetalMayhemROC.com. Or hit us up on Facebook and Twitter. Search Metal Mayhem ROC. It's getting nice and heavy. Now, welcome our hosts, John the Vernomatic Verno and Metal Forever Mark. It is getting heavy in here. It's getting saintly heavy. Happy New Year, everybody. I'm the Vernomatic. Welcome to this week's show. Thursday nights, new episodes drop. MetalMayhemROC.com is your one-stop shopping for all info for the show. There you'll find links to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, whatever means you use to get your podcasting content. While you're at the website, you could easily download past shows, get up to speed on what we're doing here. Do us a favor, subscribe to the podcast, leave a review. That kind of stuff helps the bottom line. Sign up for the email newsletter. That's our chance to stay in touch with you, give you information on new show content and any promotions that we're running. All through the month of January, we're collecting emails and we're submitting your name into a drawing for a free copy of the Rob Halford book, Confess. Tonight's show sponsor, Freedom X Hand Sanitizer, kills 99.9% of all germs. This product is made in the USA, following all FDA guidelines. It's odor-free, available in both foam and mist. That's Freedom X Hand Sanitizer. Tonight's uh, interview, it's saintly. It's armored saintly. John Bush. Lead vocalist of Armored Saint. Mark and I had a chance to catch up with him the other day. Tells us about the new album, Punch in the Sky, that came out in October. It's getting a lot of good reviews. I'm a big fan of the band. Been into them since the heyday. If you're not familiar with Armored Saint, came out of Los Angeles, early 80s. They released an EP and then quickly released their debut album in 1984 called March of the Saint. They hooked up with Metallica and Wasp for that legendary 85 tour. It was Metallica, Ride the Lightning, and Armored Saints debut. Those two bands at the time were opening for Wasp. Well, John's here to tell us about the album, how things have been going in the COVID year. We go down heavy metal memory lane. He has some um, cool tales about back in the day, and he plays our Mount Rushmore game. So that's the interview tonight. And I will be back after the interview, play a little more music. Before the interview, we're going to hear from Freedom X Hand Sanitizer. And then I'm going to play half a track of the new one, End of the Attention Span. This is Metal Mayhem ROC. I'm the Vernomatic, and we'll talk to you after the interview. Attention metalheads, we all want to return to concert venues soon. Introducing Metal Mayhem ROC Metal Forever Freedom X Sanitizer. This sanitizer product is water and foam based, manufactured with proprietary HYIQ solution. That's right, no alcohol, but more effective. Manufactured following FDA sanitizer monograph guidelines. It applies smooth without irritating the skin. Safe for all ages. Keep your friends and family safe with Metal Mayhem ROC's own sanitizer. Visit Metal Mayhem 
MetalMetalMetalMetalMetalMetalMetalMetalMetalMetalMetalMetalMetalMetalMetalMetalMetalMetalMetalMetalMetalMetalMetalMetalMetalMetalMetalMetalMetalMetalMetalMetalMetalM
other than that, we've been a band for a long time, several decades. As a matter of fact, I thought it was, I came up with this, this uh, analogy not too long ago where I realized that we put out a record in five different decades. If you include the eighties, nineties, the zeros, the tens, and now the twenties, which is pretty remarkable and, and pretty awesome feat that we've uh, accomplished there. Um, you know, we've never been the biggest band in the world, obviously. And, uh, probably didn't accomplish some of the things we wanted to, um, you know, as far as, as far as fame goes and success, um, if you have to measure it by, by, you know, money and numbers, because that's what we do as society for the most part. Um, a lot of the times, although we shouldn't do that when it comes to, you know, art and cultural things, but, you know, in the end, I'm really, really super proud of my band and my band members and, um, and the music we've made through the years and, and punching the sky is, is like maybe one of our best albums. And to say that after, you know, like I said, four decades and a band that started in like 1983 making records. Um, I'd say that's a pretty amazing accomplishment. And that's not just my words. That's, you know, that's words from our peers and, and, you know, people who, who write about metal and talk about metal like you guys and, and have shows and, um, so I, you know, I, I think it's pretty awesome. So, you know, you can only control what you can really when it comes to being a you know musician. And that is you try to have the best quality of music that you made and, and, and that you can write. And, um, and then you let it go and it's like your little baby, it goes and, and it takes its first steps and you're like, go, go, go. And, um, uh, you know, and then you hope people dig it. Of course you do, because, uh, you know, you, you put a lot of energy and heart into it and, and it, it's rewarding when people do so. You know, John, it's interesting because Vernomatic and I were talking before the show how, like, when we were reflecting on 2020, for example, and you look at some bands like Testament that put out new album um, or a band like last year, Overkill, and now I'm listening to the new Armored Saint. I'm like, man, is it is it possible, like, some of these bands are putting out some of their best music now? Like, like you said, four or five decades later, like, is it something that comes with maturity, you think, or just the energies and the passion still there? Like, bands like Armored Saint are still cranking out I guess some of their best material ever. Well, uh, you know, I'd probably say it's all of the above, you know, you, you learn a lot about writing songs and, and making music and, and creating a bond between band members. I mean, obviously those bands have, you know, had some people in, in those groups uh, that have been together for years, um, you know, and um, you develop a rapport with one another and you, you kind of find where your strengths are. And um, if you can keep it together and, and keep focused and, um, you know, know what the fan base wants, but also challenge the fan base. I think that's important too. You don't want to just kind of regurgitate the same thing after uh, record after record, because that's to me kind of safe and too, too conservative from the way I see being a musician. But um, nevertheless, as long as you keep pushing yourself and trying to write the best music you can. And, um, you know, like I said, kind of really uh, emphasizing that bond that you have is through, through the band and band members. You know, why not? You know, it's it's pretty cool. You know, blues artists, they would, they would I mean, B.B. King was making music in his 80s, you know, so why not? You know, sometimes I think metal is, is I'll be honest, and I, I mean, I believe this. I mean, I do think metal is kind of a young guy's game. I do. It's kind of like being, a you know, an NHL player or, a, you know, a pro football player. I mean, you're probably going to be better in, in your 20s. And, um, you know, as your body ages, it gets, you know, harder and, um, you know, you, you, you kind of lose some of your, your abilities, but when it comes to music, you know, uh, I mean, and, and look at metal physical, it's a physical thing, being a singer in a metal band and being a drummer in a metal band is, it's, it's a physical thing. It's demanding actually. So 
Um, you've really got to just kind of focus and, and try to you know, keep your health healthy as best you can. And I probably, I'm probably more healthier now than I was in my thirties, to be honest. But, um, but yeah, I think all those things that really kind of help when it comes to, you know, sticking around and having longevity. And those are the things that really we wanted as a band. Um, because like I said, you can't really determine the success that you're going to have. You know, that stuff's out of your control, a lot of it, but you can determine your quality and what you give. And, um, you know, look at bands that, like you said, Testament, Overkill, Metallica, you know, Slayer, Anthrax, you know, these bands have you know, been around for decades and, and, you know, stood the test of time. So they're all really uh, in, in inspiring for us as well. And hopefully we can give a little bit of that back. Great. Well, John, uh, thanks for your feedback. It is a privilege and honor to speak with you. I'm going to turn it to Verna Maddock now, who's going to um, carry the rest of the discussion. But thank you so much, and I look forward to hopefully talking to you again. I can't wait to keep jamming the new Armored Saints. So thank you. Verna hey, Maddock, take thank you, away. brother. And I'm sorry I'm Sorry again I, I was late on my, uh, my uh, interview here. I apologize. Go to work, though, and work hard. <laughs> <laughs> See you, Mark. Thanks. <laughs> All right. Well, you know what, John, uh, as you were answering that question, I would consider an armored saint like the Gordy Howe of metal. You know how Gordy yeah. Howe played in five or six decades. Um, and circling back on that physicality part of being metal, you know, Tom Araya, he finally had to check out because he just couldn't do it anymore. Lars has stated that it takes him a 45 minute massage before he even goes on stage. And I think, yeah. I think some of that is back when you guys were starting all this back in the early eighties, did you ever think, fuck, I'm going to be doing this until I'm almost 60 years old? You know, I probably didn't think about it. Uh, you know, and certainly in my twenties, I would think that probably if I met the John Bush today that I did when I was like 83, I'd be like, dude, you're all get out of here. When I was like 21 years old, I probably didn't get, even though, even though, even then, we certainly admired and were inspired by our elders, if you will, and they weren't even elders at that point, you know, guys like the, the Maidens, the, the Motorheads, the UFOs, they were probably, you know, they only have like probably 10 years on us, give or take, you know, really, but I mean, they were, they were the bands that inspired us, and, and they were young at that point, but they were still the older bands that we looked to, you know? Zeppelins, the Sabbaths, whatever. So, you know, I, I don't think that I, I'm sure I probably with the bravado I had as a, as a 21, 22 year old guy, I probably didn't think about it. You know, I do think that in our, in our minds, we always thought it, we wanted to have longevity, you know, not to, not to be redundant on that, but I think that was important to us to stick around for a long time, to be around for a long time. But I don't think we really understood what that meant. I think that was kind of something that we thought about, but I don't think we understood it. And here we are, all these years later, really still doing that. Um, yeah, like I said, it's a pretty awesome accomplishment, and I'm really proud of us. So, and 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 making good music—that's like legitimate, not just making music of like ah, you know, the new record it came out. Maybe there was one good song, and the rest is a bunch of filler stuff. And now they're going to go on tour and and play all their old songs. You know, I don't. That's not what I want to do. You know, I don't. I would rather not even do it if that was the case. To be honest, I would just say forget it. You know. Um, I, I want to make music now that I consider to be the best music I've ever made, or at least have that ambition, you know, and then it, you know, it's up to the, it's up to the, the fan base to determine that in the end. But um, yeah, you know, I think it's, I'm stoked about still doing it here. I don't, you know, I make the joke, like, I don't know how many more years I really could sing rain of fire, you know, to be honest, um, just being, just being honest, 
you know, I hope, you know, Gordy Howe and me could do it. But, you know, I don't know. I don't know. Can I do it when I'm in my 70s? You know, probably not is my logic, uh, you know. But, hey, I don't have to think about that today, so I won't. As a matter of fact, I can't even think about singing it today anywhere because of this stupid virus. But <laughs> hopefully soon. Well, the parallels between, you know, sports guys and musicians, you know, you take someone like a Tom Brady. He can't yeah. do what he did before, but what's between the ears is what keeps him going. I think it's the same way with bands like yourself. You know so much, you, you, you'll never go on a tour and play, you know, 150 dates if you ever did that to begin with. So it's quality over quantity, and you, you know how to uh, pick your spots and create something. You have to live in the moment. So Punch in the Sky, yeah. even though there's been few years between releases, it's just time gets away from us now. Everyone's so busy, and it came to a screeching halt. Yeah, I mean, I, I wish I wish we made records more often. I do. I really do. I mean, every five years, especially when you're guys in your 50s, you know, isn't really something that we, we desire to do. But as, like you said, quality over quantity is kind of important because – I don't want to make a record every year and have them be a bunch of crap. So, um, and using that parallel with athletes, I'm a huge sports fan. I, I still play pickup basketball while I haven't this since March, which has really been bumming me out, but I'm, I do, I still play pickup basketball with guys in their thirties and forties and I'm just holding my own. I'm, you know, I'm still, you know, kind of small and white and, you know, I'm not, I, I don't have the best shot. It's kind of erratic, but I'm a pretty good passer, but I just love the game and, you know, so and then my son plays hockey. My daughter plays roller derby. I'm very into athletics. My wife was like a, a gymnast up until college. So we're really into sports, and and I use a lot of connections with sports and music because I think there's a lot of parallels. And and using the Brady analogy is is perfect because, I mean, look at that guy. You know, who's at the end of the day, you know, there might be younger quarterbacks, but in the, you know, really when push comes to shove, you you probably want Brady behind the center if you have a huge game because the guy is just unbelievable. And, um, you know, that's love him or hate him, you know, and a lot of people do hate him, but you know, he's still amazing. You got to respect him. Well, he invested in his health years ago and people gave him shit for eating avocado ice cream and not drinking beers. And well, you know, who has the last laugh, but let's talk uh punch in the sky. It was recorded and there was a plan for the release then the pandemic came. What led you to move ahead with the plans and release it in October of 2020? Did you feel that the pandemic was going to be over and this was a little hiccup or it was too late to stop the machine? What was the thinking behind that? Well, we never really, you know, I, I figured here we have this pandemic. Here we have this situation where people can't go to live performances or go to concerts or go to sporting events. Um, why are we going to? limit their ability to listen to music on top of it. That made no sense to me. It seems like, hey, now you can't have this either. Why are we going to do that? I don't know. That just was illogical. So it made the most sense to me to release an album right now, let people kind of go in their homes, kind of go in their little hovel, if you will, and, and um, you know, put on their headphones and blast a new record and, and, you know, check out. So I think that was super important to me. You know, we're a little different band. We're not the Foo Fighters. We're not this enormous band is, you know, correlating a a new re record release with a brand new tour and anything like that. You know, we're we're just not that big, obviously. I know that for a fact. I mean, I I, I can accept it. But 
that being said, you know, it's important to still, you know, make something that people can listen to and, and like I said, check out and, and not worry too much about what the future, because they're just, they're going to live in the now and, and a brand new record, I think is something that, you know, gives you that opportunity to do that. Back in October, you guys did a live stream from the Whiskey A Go-Go. Looking back on that event, did it meet your expectations? Would you do it again? And what would you do differently? Um, it was it was a fun experience. You know, it's it's what we have to do for now, obviously, because you can't perform live. Um, you know, you you take it for what it is. Um, certainly, at putting out a new record, the, the, as a band, the thing you want to do most is is learn those new songs and play them live because they're fresh, they're exciting. You just you just recorded them, so you can't wait to to play them and hear them. So. I think that was that's really important um, to in connection with this. But um, you know, you just as far as this goes is uh, uh, live streams. It's you know, you, like I said, you take it for what it is. It's certainly not like seeing the band live. You know, you're performing in front of cameras, which is a little bit weird. It's like kind of like a glorified video shoot at the same time as as like a rehearsal, if you will. So those combinations is, is really what it feels like more than anything. It feels like that more than just a, a real concert, but um, nevertheless, it, it was a fun thing to do. Um, I think our fans were into it um, as best they could. And, you know, would I do it again? Maybe, you know, I, I think I would do it again, but I want it to be done differently. Uh, maybe we could do something like a record in its entirety, yeah. something along those lines. Um, I certainly don't want to say tell the fans, hey, okay, now we want you guys to to pay for this and you know play the same songs. Although we did kind of play some different tunes, we we played some deep tracks and we played four new songs, so um, we could probably play a completely different set. In all honesty, which would be cool. Um, so maybe we could do something like that. I don't know. We'll have to see what happens. I think we have to have that discussion about how we want to go forward and in, in, in terms of performing live. And um, I don't, I don't know what we're going to do. It, everything is such a question mark, you know, with this, with this coronavirus thing that it's, you, it's hard to make plans about what you really want. I mean, I know what I like to do, but what we actually will do is maybe a different story. Yeah. And I'm not even going to ask you, what are your plans? Because you don't know. It's a weird time for, for musicians, um, and, and we're all in the same boats. I guess at least we can all relate to one another. Um, and it's a lot like, uh, you know, athletes. I mean, at least those guys are playing games, and they're playing in front of no people, which is pure humbling for them, like guys in the NBA and then you know, NHL, soon to be, and uh, pro football, whatever. But um, that's the way it is right now. I guess we'll just – we'll have to just get through it. We will. You know, we'll yeah. get through it, and we'll look back and go, wow, that was – a pain in the ass. <laughs> what, what a trip. Seeing that Delirious Nomad was approaching, well, it was 35 years. Was there going to be any kind of tie-in with that in 2020, maybe with the, the tour or anything like that for Punch in the Sky? We we talked about maybe doing Delirious in its entirety. We did the symbol thing. That was really cool. Really, we had a blast doing that. It, it really, it really kind of reiterated what a great record that was when we did those dates and and did that in its entirety. And we're actually working on, on finalizing the footage and the audio for a DVD that's probably going to come out next year. So 
Um, I don't know. You never know. I, uh, Delirious is a record that a lot of people, you know, talk about when they talk about Armored Sane, and I love it. I don't know what, you know, we have to figure out that might be something we could do in regards to this live stream. I don't, I don't know. You know, I have to actually talk to my booking agent and, and the problem is he, we, he can't do too many things. He keeps pursuing stuff, but everything keeps just getting postponed, you know, like the summer tours of Europe, which are always really, really big and a thing that uh, most bands want to try to participate in everything from, from 19 was pushed. I mean, excuse me, everything from 20, was pushed back to 21. And at this point, I think it's probably fair to say that most of those festivals in Europe won't happen this year either. I mean, it's an outside chance with the vaccine coming out, but you know, with the numbers, the way they are internationally, it's, I, 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 you know, it's hard to make that decision. I think if you, if you look at it today, you say, well, no, it's not going to happen. So uh, who knows when we'll actually get to play. I mean, I would love to do it soon. And, do it in the safest of ways and safest for the, for the, you know, the fan base as well. I, I guess every day is, is kind of like a new day when it comes to this stuff and trying to figure out how we could proceed and how the rest of the music business kind of proceeds. And um, same with, with, like I said, with athletes, they're very, very similar. They have similar lives and similar lifestyles right now. So, well, in the last couple of weeks, I had a chance to speak with lips from Anvil and, Anvil was touring. They were scheduled to restart in February, and just the other day said, "No, all that is done." Yeah, I don't know, and I just don't know when that'll change. But you know, in the meantime, like I said, we're doing this DVD. We're we're trying to gather the footage and and see how it looks and make sure everything is is cool regarding a possible uh, product for Armored Saint uh, next this year. Actually, we're hoping that maybe we can put out the Symbol of Salvation recordings and and video that we, that we shot when we were on the road with that. And that's something that maybe could come out maybe this summer, late summer, early fall. Um, so that's a, at least something to look forward to. Um, I don't know about the, as far as, like I said, you know, performing these new songs and doing another live stream. That's, that's in the back of our minds, but I, I don't, I just don't know yet. It's that it's the weirdest time for, for music when it comes to that, you know, in terms of you, you, you don't know what your goals are because you just, you're stuck in this kind of weird limbo. We're talking with John Bush, lead singer of Armored Saint, the new album, Punch in the Sky came out last October. Some of the standout tracks that we, when we premiered it back on the show, you know, Miss Little Gun, that's fantastic. And the end of the attention span, <laughs> that has to be the, the theme song for this generation. Um, no doubt, no I, doubt. I've been a fan since, you know, back when the EP and the first album came out. And I wanted to ask you about the early 80s when you're in Los Angeles. Now, you're a little younger than Metallica and Hyrax and Slayer, some of those bands that migrated to San Francisco and you weren't a glam band. How did you fit in Armored Saint? How did they fit in with that LA scene in 82, 83? Um, it was always, we were kind of always this band that, you know, really didn't completely fit in. Don't get me wrong. We played with um, the, the groups of LA at the time, the peers, if you will, you know, uh, bands like Rat and Wasp, Great White, you know, even Steeler when they had Ingve Malmstein. You know, we played with these groups and, and we had great shows with them. And, you know, we certainly respected them as well. We didn't, 
you have this negative attitude towards the, you know, the bands of the early 80s metal scene at all in Los Angeles. But we did feel like we were always a little bit different. You know, we, we were very inspired by, you know, the bands that uh, from the 70s, you know, the UFOs, the Thin Lizzy's, the Sabbath, you know, at, at eventually the Maidens, the Motorheads. Um, you know, these were bands that really had a big impact on us as we were kind of developing, becoming musicians. And, um, and so, you know, we loved Aerosmith. We loved Ted Nugent. I mean, we loved all kinds of music. We were into jazz fusion. We were into, uh, you know, certainly R&B uh, bands like Earthwind and Fire and the Commodores were really great, you know, groups, Ohio players. So all that stuff inspired us. But, you know, when it came down to, to, um, you know, being a band and fitting into a scene, we Armand Saint always kind of felt like we were in this uh, uncertainty space um, because we we weren't like the San Francisco bands in terms of we you know, we were certainly heavy and powerful, but but we weren't a full on thrash band. We weren't mm -hmm. a glam band. We kind of we had hair at that time. I did have hair. Yeah, well, we we too. had some. We did. We had hair, but but we weren't like you know we weren't a band that this seemed like you know as what you'd call a glam band of L.A. either. No. So sometimes we never really fit in and that, and that was a little bit of an issue for Armored Saint at times. We, it would kind of develop into a little bit of a inferiority complex at times. It's like, well, what do we do? But yet we played with all these bands. We played Metallica, we played with Death Angel, you know, we played with these groups. So, um, oh, and we played with Rat and we played with Great White, but we just never really, it was weird because we, we didn't really benefit from the scenes. And that was, um, you know, that was a little troubling, I think, for us through the years. But as time went on, we kind of just said, hey, let's just be our own trip. Let's be our own band. Let's just do our thing and let it kind of develop itself. And, and that's eventually what happened. And, you know, now looking back, I think, especially when you listen to our newest record, it, it, it sounds like a band who is just, they have their own sound. And I think that's what we always strove to do anyway, is to just kind of be our own thing and, and, really just kind of be mostly concerned with that and not worry about fitting into different styles of music. Visit the 84-85 tour. You sort of slid in between the Metallica and the Wasp in terms of type of metal. How did you get that tour? And do you have any memory of the Buffalo, New York blizzard stop? 
<laughs> were, you, were you there? I wanted Salty to dog? be. I wanted to the. I wanted to be, but you know, as a fifteen-year-old, I had tickets. My father said, "No way in hell." You're not going. No. Yeah. And some. No, that was a classic. That was a classic show. That was you know a great memory of that tour. We had to stay in Buffalo for a couple of days because of the blizzard. Um, you know, we uh, we hung out with Metallica and the guys in Wasp in the hotel for a couple of days after the two after the show because we couldn't leave town. We finally got a uh, police escort out of town. I think to the next town, which was maybe like Scranton, Pennsylvania. Scranton, I can't was. remember. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then it was the there was a Super Bowl the day of the show. I think it was the Niners against the Dolphins. It's Dan Marino. So like I have vivid memories of that. Ooh of that show and that tour in particular. Um, it, it was great. It was a great gig. Actually. I remember it being a good show. I'm sorry that you didn't make it, uh, but well, uh, it got worse. <laughs> it got worse, John, because, because I'm a huge Marino Miami dolphin fan. So, right. So that day didn't turn out too well for me either. Right. Way. Cause they did, they did lose. I, I do remember. I think that was Marino's only, only Super Bowl, if I'm not mistaken, actually. And he was an amazing quarterback. <laughs> we don't have to go there, but um, sorry, sorry. No, it's all uh, right. Yeah, you know, but great memories of that. You know, we we uh, it was a, that was a great tour. You know, that still to this day people talk about the, about the Metallica Wasp Marmotain tour. Um, you know, it was one of those kind of uh, infamous metal tours from the '80s, and um, we were very very happy to be part of that. And um, you know, we were all just young, you know, figuring it out, and and. Uh, um, you know, had some funny memories. Chris Holmes is, you know, a zany, crazy guy. Certainly us and Metallica guys were bonding and um, a lot of alcohol consumed. Uh, it was our first time being on a bus, so that was pretty awesome. You know, it was our second tour. The one before that was the Quiet Riot Whitesnake one we did. We were we were actually playing arenas on our first tour ever, which is, is just ridiculous. And um, we were pretty fortunate. And we were all like 21 years old and playing, you know, Market Square Arena in Indianapolis and, uh, you know, Cobo Hall and stuff in Detroit. And it just, it was crazy, you know, and um, I, I look back on that with fond memories and a lot of appreciation. Yeah, me too. I, um, I love those times. One last question. This is a fun show segment we do here. It's called the Mount Rushmore of Metal. I'm going to ask, right. yeah, I'm going to ask John Bush. You get your choice here. Normally, I don't give a choice, but you get a choice. I'm going to need your top four of either top four bands that you've toured with or your top four singers or your top four career achievements that you're most proud of. Okay, well, that is, uh, why don't we go with singers? Because, you know, I as, as a singer, uh, you know, I try to be the raddest singer I can, but there's just so many that I look at beyond me that I think are amazing. So let's go, let's start with, let's go with that. Um, and then we could put their faces on it on Mount Rushmore. Um, I would say just, it's funny because recently I've been singing to different groups because I, I want to keep my voice in shape. It's important. You know, I got to keep singing, but I don't want to sing to my own music because I don't want to really burn out on saint songs. So I've just been kind of going through my catalog mm -hmm. and, um, and recently I was in the J's, I'm just alphabetically going through. I actually was in the I's and the J's and I did Maiden and then I went to Priest and now I'm into Kiss. And, you know, I've even sang to Hall and Oates. So it's not just metal bands in my, in my, uh, yeah. <laughs> in my catalog here, but 
Uh, the last group I did sing to was was Priest, and so I, I think there's very few singers out in the heavy metal world that could ever really kind of match Halford. So we could put Halford there, um, but the only one that maybe could come close would be Dio. So we'll put Ronnie up there. So we'll put Rob and and Ronnie up there uh, on the on the Mount Rushmore, and then. Let me think here. Who else would I like to put up there? Because I got to throw some curveballs here. I mean, I guess I, I I love Robert Plant. He was always one of my favorite singers of all time. Um, and just you know, Zeppelin is you know, I mean, there's Zeppelin yeah, and yeah, story, Zeppelin. right? Enough said. And then and you know, I think another singer who is just one of the best, who really probably was always underrated through his, through the years was Ozzy, because I think Ozzy, especially in the Sabbath days, was one of the bluesiest rock singers there was, and was, was great, was powerful, was amazing. And I, I, I love Ronnie, uh, but, you know, I got to put, put Ozzy in there as well. So if I put those four guys together, you know, I think that's a pretty amazing Mount Rushmore with Rob, Ronnie, Robert, and Ozzy. How about that? That's, that's fantastic. You know, no one ever, whoever we've asked, any singers – uh, they never put themselves in there, which is, you know, sort of. Well, cool. that's nice. That's, yeah. hum- that's humbling. And uh, that's nice to hear that. All right. Well, uh, John Bush, I want to thank you for joining us today. And we look forward to promoting the Punch in the Sky release as much as we can here. Dude, I apologize again for uh, for being tardy there on my uh, on my interview here. And I apologize <laughs> to your partner there that, you know, he had to cut out and and go do his real gig, but uh, yeah, I'm the, glad we were able to chat. Yeah. Sorry about that, and we'll, we'll, we'll do another one again in yeah. the future. We'll catch up. Thanks, John. Enjoy your weekend. Thank you for the support, brother. You're welcome, man. See ya. Bye-bye. You've got it locked to Metal Mayhem ROC. There you have the wisdom of John Bush, lead singer of Armored Saint. Spent about 10 years in Anthrax, put out four or five albums with them. Veteran of 35-plus years of heavy metal. Like I said, I've been into him for years. Any catalog that he's contributed to is just fantastic. You could follow the band at The Armored Saint on Twitter or The Armored Saint on Facebook and just Google armoredsaint.com. Good way to get in touch with them, follow what the band's doing. Thank you for stopping in and spending your evening with us. Again, you could go to the website, MetalMayhemROC.com, and get all the information for the show. While you're at the website, you could easily download past shows, get up to speed on what we're doing here. Do us a favor, subscribe to the podcast, leave a review. That kind of stuff helps the bottom line. Sign up for the email newsletter. That's our chance to stay in touch with you, give you information on new show content and any promotions that we're running. All through the month of January, we're collecting emails and we're submitting your name into a drawing for a free copy of the Rob Halford book, Confess. Visit us on Facebook at the Metal Mayhem ROC Facebook page. So I'm going to leave you with one more song. This is it's a track called Standing on the Shoulders of Giants. For Metal Forever Mark, I'm John the Vernomatic Verno. You've been listening to Metal Mayhem ROC. Enjoy the evening. Go out and support Armored Saint and support all metal. See you next week, folks.
Thanks for listening to Metal Mayhem ROC. Check out our websites at MetalMayhemROC.com and MetalForever.com for information on upcoming concerts, podcasts, archives, and all sorts of info. Please like, follow, and share with everyone, even your non-metal friends. Catch us next time on WLFE TV Radio. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. 
Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any fantasy points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.